Hello, world, and welcome back to the latest and greatest episode of My Friend Chuck. I am Mike Richmond of the Oregonian Oregon Live. With me, as always, my friend Chuck, Charles Tuggle, king of the secret meeting. What's up, dude? <laughs> secret meetings, secret societies. We got Republicans talking in, in Washington. It's all secret. No, not here, though. We're, we're getting everything out in the open, talking Blazers ball. No anonymous sources here, except for when we have to use anonymous <laughs> sources. Except for when Mike has to do that sort of thing, because that would be unethical otherwise. I can't burn these people. It's part of the job, but I'll try to share everything I possibly can share. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, and thanks to my man, Petey Green, for the intro music. We appreciate you, Petey. I don't have sources, but I do have eyeballs with which I watch NBA basketball. Charles, frequently. what have you been seeing from the Blazers when you watch NBA basketball? So recently, before we get into the secret meeting talk and the fake games like All-Star games. <laughs> Gradual yet slight improvements with the Blazers, or at least offensively, I'll say. Um, Are they turning the corner? I don't know if they're turning a corner, but maybe they're maybe they're walking in a straighter line than they previously were. Agreed. Were. Instead of uh, two steps forward, two steps back, they are now graduated to two steps forward and one step back. Very impressive. Yeah, it's it's more of a curving kind of path, really, as opposed to a ninety degree corner. <laughs> I if it's, any, it's gradual, and we'll take it. If anything else, they're playing more like we expected them to play, so maybe it just feels better. You know, they've won seven straight at home and lost four straight on the road, so that's kind of more in tune with what you would expect from the Blazers. Very good home team, not a very good road team. And at the beginning of the year, that was flip flopped. And over in January, they've been a bottom five defense. They're twenty six in defensive rating in January, and one of the top five offenses in the league. And that. To me, that's kind of what I thought this team would be. Yeah, maybe the truth is coming out. This team is bizarre. It's been a it's been an odd season, and yet the Blazers remain right in the thick of the playoff hunt, almost barring a, a, an epic collapse, almost sure to make it into the playoffs. And Ooh. maybe maybe uh, with a really nice kind of seeding as well. Wow, this is as positive as I've heard you all year, Charles. What has happened to you in 2018? Yeah, I, and I think, you know, new year, new me, you know, maybe maybe not a new year, new Blazers, but uh, but I'm looking upwards. It's new year, old Blazers. They're back, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, of course, as the season progresses, you get a better understanding of some of the other teams that are kind of in the hunt in the Western Conference, and I think I'm figuring them out a little bit also. So, yeah, I think the Blazers are almost, almost guaranteed for a playoff spot, really, unless things really go bad, like really bad. Uh, and we never want to see that because it would almost have to be some sort of injury, as far as I'm concerned, to, to a, a star type player. Wow. So you're just. The Blazers only have two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But I, they're pretty fragile. Uh, an injury to a non star type player like Alfred Camino could really sink this team. It's true. They have some instrumental role players who. Uh, I've been playing better, I nah, think. They have Alfred Camino. I'm not going to go too much <laughs> further beyond that. <laughs> Yeah, especially when, you know, Shabazz's maybe influence is, is waning a little bit, at least uh, according to last night's last night's game. He, Shabazz didn't get a lot of play, did he? No, last two games I don't think he's played great, but he's been really good before that. Um, I think Shabazz oh, Napier yeah. is going to end up with some uh, – he's not going to win it because the award belongs to a Mr. Victor Oladipo, but I think Shabazz is going to get some votes for most improved player this year. Wow. 
Maybe second second place votes. I'm not not. I don't think he'll get any first place votes unless right. there's some sort of rule where a media member doesn't want to vote for Victor Oladipo. Uh, maybe yeah, some- yeah. No, Sweet Vic's got a nice little narrative there. You know, uh, he truly has improved his play, and uh, and he made the All Star team, and Paul George didn't. Who would have thunk it? Man, I, that's a futures bet that someone got rich off of. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> More likely to make the All-Star team, one of DeMontis uh, Sabonis or Victor Oladipo or Paul George. Yeah, and, and in the future, the NBA can maybe claim 1% off of that, that futures bet. <laughs> yeah, if Adam Silver has his way, he's taking your bets. He's taking all your future bets. Prop bet on who wins the jump ball in Game 5 of the NBA Finals, Adam <laughs> Silver's taking your money. <laughs> Happily, greedily. Yeah, well, he's, you know, billionaires, dude. They love... Billionaires love cash. They they would always like a way to get more of it. Yeah, and and on that note, you know maybe Shabazz is is playing himself into a payday uh, at at some point in time because he looks he looks good and and looks to be a completely adequate sort of backup point guard for a number of NBA teams. Really, yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what the market is like this summer because so few teams are going to have real cap room. But uh, just you know to to name sort of teams that. Uh, have cap room and could I don't think he's going to get this huge payday but but the Sixers and the Pacers two of the teams with cap room could use backup point guards he could help both those teams so uh I think Shabazz gets paid but I will say this Shabazz Napier is like the most Paul Allen player in the history of time mm. he, say more he's a undersized athletic and entertaining point guard which is like basically the player that paul allen has drafted in the second round of the (laughs) nba draft like five times over he's armand johnson he's patty mills uh yeah yeah squinty get a little squinty and he looks like nolan smith a little bit like lighter skinned but (laughs) he's i mean he's the paul allen the prototypical paul allen small guard that that pa has been uh reportedly demanding the blazers acquire for a decade. Yeah, no, no, we like him here. I love the way he plays the game. He's been important for the Blazers' uptick in, in offensive production, even if the last game or so he hasn't uh, featured as prominently. But uh, yeah, it's been fun watching him, and, and I'm, and I'm the... proud of him. He's had a crazy career in a way, you know, sort of highly touted, no thanks to LeBron James, uh, after winning a, a championship, two championships in NCAAs. Um and yeah, kind of got thrown around a little bit, but he's found a nice little home in Portland. Yeah, for now. it's pretty amazing. He only played more than 30 minutes one time for the Orlando Magic before he was traded to the Blazers. Wow. One game in his entire season with them where he played, he topped the 30-minute mark. And look, um, I'm maybe caught up in, in how much he's improved this year, but I just can't believe that a team like the Orlando Magic couldn't just roll him out there for 36 minutes, say, a couple times in the at the end of the season when their year is already over. Uh, you know, I know they had Alfred Payton and Victor Oladipo on those teams, and they were trying to figure out which one of those gentlemen was going to be the point guard of the future. The answer was neither. But, <laughs> but come on. Come on. I cannot believe Shabazz didn't get more uh, playing time there. So... Uh, good for th- yeah, Orlando's poorly managed. I yeah. think uh, Un- unfortunately for them, they didn't give him a bit of a chance. But yeah, pff, I, yeah they're, they're kind of a joke in terms of their talent development and yeah. acquisition. I think Zach Lowe pointed out that the the Magic could put together like a pretty competitive team with all the players they've given up for free <laughs> for cash considerations yeah. and like second round picks and Dwayne Dedman, Tobias Harris, uh, Shabazz Napier, Mo Harkless. Like they 
could put a, not a, like a really good team, but at least like I don't know what the Magic's record is now. You could assume those players could probably roll out to a similar record. Yeah, especially with the way Oladipo's playing in, in back in Indiana. Oh yeah, give him away for a rental of uh, a rental of Sergi Baca, who then they let go for nothing. Yeah, I almost forgot about that phase of Ibaka's career. Yeah, be- be- best to, to wipe it from my memory, I suppose. <laughs> um, so let's let's go through some sort of before we get into sort of bla- the pressing Blazers news of the moment, the recent games, uh, what you've seen. I thought the Denver game on Sunday night was kind of just so many so many nights of the Blazers season have gone like that, where they've been in control with four or five minutes left and just done stupid little things couple you know three straight turnovers to 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 blow a game uh i I thought they'd been Mm. playing pretty well until then but i that that one for me was uh i thought a pretty frustrating and almost a typical frustratingly typical performance from the blazers yeah that one's terrible (laughs) you know that game it wasn't some some awful kind of collapse. You know, it's not like they, they blew some, you know, 25, 30 point lead, even though I think they were up by, I think, how much were they up? I think they were up maybe or 14. Yeah. Early in the game. And they were up seven with about 10 minutes left in the game. And up up five, up five with four minutes to go though. Three and a half minutes to go up five. I mean, it's, and you got it. You got to figure out a way to win. That's going to be a crucial game. Like I know Charles has already locked the Blazers into the playoffs. I'm probably not going that far because they're doing things like losing to the Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. The Nuggets, what they got the season series on the Blazers too, huh? Yeah. Two one with one remaining. So that's going to be a huge one. Uh, In April, it's the second to last game of the season. They play the Nuggets. In Portland. uh, Yes. In Portland. No, actually at Denver. Sorry. Excuse me. Oh, okay. At Denver. So that's a, a that'll be a mile high showdown April 9th. Yeah, so so you know it wasn't a huge sort of you know collapse in terms of points, but it really felt like they just threw that game away and I don't mean to indicate sort of any intentionality, but that one and that's just so frustrating uh, to watch. I even sort of took notes almost play by play at the end of that game. Uh, sometimes I do when it feels like you know, even when you're three or four minutes out, it feels like every possession is going to matter. Um, and they just start turning the ball over like nonstop. Oh my gosh. I don't even want to run through it because it was just so bad. And, you know, t- terrible shots being taken by Chief Aminu. By oh, he took an awful one and then he turned the ball over in the next trip. And then. Uh, oh, he took that runner early in the clock. What are you doing? Which led, of course, to Jamal Murray, who was shooting flames that night that kid's a shooter blazers had no answer for jamal they guarded Jokic really really well they guarded pretty much everyone not named jamal murray well and murray just torched him he had uh, 38 points on 14 field goal attempts yeah he's a nice young player i won't wax on about him since this is a trailblazers podcast but he had a heck of a game uh, i believe it's branded as a trailblazers centric podcast so ah, yes, you're allowed yes, to yes. go on tangents that include jamal murray's pretty good and he was <laughs> and the kings drafted buddy healed over him or excuse me the pelicans drafted buddy healed over jamal murray never forget yeah never forget jamal murray looks like a player and a part of the what's a really nice like young core for the nuggets even though they're you know right around 500 they're a good team right now, and yet they have some really nice young pieces. Yeah, Jamal Murray's uh, twenty. Which is Murray. Jamal Murray's twenty. Yeah, he's, so young. He's he's That's gonna be so really young. good. But yeah, the Blazers terrible. Uh, Damian Lillard missed his second clutch free throw of the season in that game. Uh, he tried to take blame for it. Then after a play where the refs weren't gonna review it, and then chose to review an obvious review, uh, Terry Stotts took 
the blame because he said he called a timeout with 9.2 seconds left, and that timeout allowed the refs a little more uh, time to think about it and go review the play. And if he hadn't called the timeout the way he says it, the refs had said, cool, we're just going to play on. We don't need to review it. So uh, a lot of people yeah, took... That's, that's odd, really, that the refs weren't immediately going to review that. It looked close from the from the moment they saw it. I guess they don't... I guess they, some of them, the, the ref team thought that was conclusive at the time, but it's bizarre that they even, you know, contemplated not, not reviewing it. Yeah, Dame's uh, explanation was that he thinks that, that uh, and, the, and the, it turned out the, in the two-minute report they didn't call it a foul, but he says he thinks on the court the refs thought uh, it was going to be a foul on Mason Plumley, and that so they were just rewarding Dame the ball because they hadn't called the foul. And so that, mm. and so then they were they didn't want to review it because they didn't want to go back and look and say, "Dang, we missed a foul call." It actually mm. it actually should be, uh, it should be you know two shots or whatever. But we have to give the ball to Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, that was yeah. That's that's funny. That's, that uh, was Dame's conspiracy. Some logic to it. Yeah, that was. It's, it's a bit it's a bit fuzzy, but there is some logic to that. Well, he Dame was saying that the Nuggets players were like review it, review it, review it, and the and the refs on the court were saying, "No, no, let's play Portland ball. Let's go." Yeah, and as as Dots noted, uh, that would have uh, that would have been to the Blazers' benefit. Yeah, uh, but and, I mean, everyone takes the timeout there. Twenty nine other coaches take the timeout. They just had a sure. terrible disjointed possession where they happened to get it. They you know CJ missed a, a pretty good look at a fifteen footer. Uh, Evan Turner missed a runner from about seven or eight feet, and then he got his own rebound and they got it back out to Dame, and he drove in and lost the ball out of bounds. And it's like, okay, that was a really bad possession. Let me draw something up. I mean, that's like a natural coaching thing. I think you. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why no, I completely agree. It's there. literally and why no you're getting paid. Should be, yeah, no, no blame should be apportioned to Stotts, even if he wants to sort of say that. But of course, the call went against the Blazers. But but yeah, no, I. A completely natural timeout. Yeah, it was. Um, and then and then they just had that weird possession at the end of the game where Dame didn't take a three and he threw it under to Nurkic for a dunk. And it's like the Blazers are out of timeouts down one with two seconds left. It's uh it's pretty much over when as soon as Nurkic dunks that ball. Yeah, that was bizarre. Even even the very last play of the game, there's one point eight seconds left on the clock and, and everyone goes long and Pat Connaughton heaves it down. At one point eight to me is enough time to, to catch the ball, take a dribble, and get a shot off. Maybe that's tight, but... And again, this, again, this doesn't really matter. They, they blew it on early Right, right, right. They, that's not why they lost. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I think that they could... It's just sort of odd execution, though, at the end of the game. Yeah, you could throw it to, like, the hash mark, the, the close hash mark, and take a dribble and get, like, a... You know, a half-court shot is not a good shot, but at least it's a it's an attempt, as opposed to no attempt, which is what they ended with. Right. And, uh, you know, former, uh, former Blazer legend from... From Baltimore, Will Barton did not really play well, but he had some clutch free throws in the end and, and helped seal the, the win for Nuggets. Yeah, he did. He he. I think he was scoreless until there was like four minutes left of the game. He finished with eight points. He just made free throws down the stretch. Yeah, he he was not good until those clutch free throws, really. But but uh, you know, kudos to him, uh, taking care of business when it matters. Yeah. So Blazers bounced back from that game and got a pretty important win and maybe their best offensive performance of the year, or at least since that season opener when they trounced the uh, not trying very hard Phoenix Suns um, against the oh, yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves. Pat, Pat Connaughton's career high, twenty four <laughs> against the Suns. But hey, Pat Connaughton back at it again Wednesday night. Three dunks, alley oops yeah. galore. Um, Showing off, well. showing off the vertical. I thought that was the, one of the best offensive performances they've had all year, and it masked how poor their defense was. I, they won a game in which the opponent shot over 52% from uh, the field, maybe over 53% from the field. It was uh, 
Heck of a game. They scored 43 in that third quarter. Uh, tons of heroes in that game. What would you like about it? Very solid win. One of the, one of the more solid wins. Uh, and as you mentioned, sort of defensive performance notwithstanding, but a really solid win with a, an insane third quarter performance from the Blazers. Yeah, they shot like 80% in the third Jeez, they dropped 43, I think, points in that quarter. Yeah, that's, season that's high. That's something else. That's got to be, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, good performance overall, I think. Uh, Dame and CJ, of course, combined for 59 of the Blazers, 123. So the Stars really put the team on their back. Uh, but, you know, good, smart performances from some of the role players. Zach Collins had a few buckets, saw his three-point shot drop twice, I think. First time in has... his career he made multiple threes in a game. Oh, good on him. Yeah, I probably would have assumed that, but I didn't sort of take note of that while watching, even though I know his three-point shot's been a bit shaky here. It looks uh, good. It just hasn't gone in. Right, right. Um, like like you mentioned just a minute ago, Pat Connaughton played well. Um, Ed Davis went ham. Ed Davis is becoming the most consistent player of the Blazers' season. I I, I love easy Ed Davis. Oh, as, as rewarded by me in my fake awards column, Mr. Reliable, <laughs> Ed Davis. That's yeah, proving prescient. Uh, even as the season continues. Uh, yeah, so Ed was huge again, just just scrapping all sorts of buckets and second-chance opportunities. Um, yeah, so great win. And uh, like you said, you know, the Blazers can't really stop the Wolves. They're a tough matchup. They though. are. Wiggins, I... Wiggins always ends up mismatched. He was kind of doing what he wanted in terms of attacking the basket. Um, even, you know, even uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on how the Blazers match up with, uh, with the Wolves' front court. They clearly don't want... Nurkic guarding Cat, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and so they put Nurkic onto Gibson, uh, and they have uh, Chief Aminu guarding Carl Anthony Towns. So they're trying to avoid some mismatches, but both of those look like mismatches to me, also. Yeah, it's almost like can't sort of win in that situation because Carl Anthony Towns offensively is a handful. Yeah, and I think they like uh, Chiefs post defense better than they like Nurks. And I think they're also worried that Cat will just pull Nurk away from the rim, and then what he does best is sort of just be a big person near the basket. Will be totally, uh, you know, thwarted by by Cat pulling him from the rim. But I don't, you know, I'm as big a Chief supporter as there is. Uh, as you may recall, I called him the Blazers' only other important player earlier in this podcast. <laughs> uh, but he's it, Cat's just too strong for him. He he just monsters him. You know, he just pushes him around. Yeah. Um, I thought Ed did a better job on him. I agree. And uh, so maybe that's the solution. You know, Nurk only played 20 minutes last night. Uh, so mm-hmm. he, he kind of got, they moved on from him when they got rolling, and then it was a blowout, so he just didn't play. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Nurk does a good job as a uh, help defender in the post as he could either. I thought a couple times he, he would help slow or he helped from the wrong angle and gave up points to Taj or an offensive rebound opportunity to cat after the double team and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think, I guess Amino is their best option. That isn't name in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. That isn't Ed Davis, but it's, they, it's not like they have a good one, you know? Yeah. It's, it's almost like a sort of, they're between a rock and a hard place there. neither of those alternatives, at least in terms of the starting options are, are good. Um, so that's that's a tough one, and Nurkic overall is uh, the Wolves are a bad fit for him because you know he stays home. Uh, all of the Wolves bigs can shoot a little bit. Even, yeah, mid ra- mid range, even Gorgie Jang. Yeah, mid range uh, mid range money. They'll they'll every one of them will shoot. Even when Belly plays uh, power forward, he'll shoot a little bit. 
Uh, I don't think they would have Nurk guard him, but still, uh, it's uh, right. Yeah, but, they're, they're a high-powered offensive team. They are. They're like a weird. That. They're a weird offensive team. They don't take threes, but they get to the free throw line and they crush the offensive glass. And they have a ton of little, little. They have a ton of big one-on-one scores. Um, yep. So Paul Crawford always a handful, and all of that is 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 without Jimmy Butler, who's you know NBA All Star this year, and just to, I mean, torch the Blazers in Minnesota in that funny game and uh, earlier in the winter. Yeah, I mean he's so, he's so, yeah, killed. Who knows him. what happens with Butler? He's killed him, and and Jeff Teague's had some good games against him, and 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 Jamal Crawford has too, and and the Wolves uh, had looked pretty good in back to back wins without Jimmy. So I thought you know I think that you know game comes with an asterisk. It's like the fifteenth game this year the Blazers have played against some team missing their be- their very clearly best player, uh, but they won. That's what matters, and uh, and 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 their offense looked really good, and I think after uh, the first you know, 35 games of the season where the offense just looks, you know, just disjointed and, and uh, a little clunky most nights, just to see a night where they, they hit 17 threes, they get whatever they wanted. You know, Dame went off in the first three quarters, 31 points through three. He didn't score in the fourth and the Blazers won going away. That's a really good sign. Yeah. And, and a shout out to the Blazers for getting a few alley-oop dunks for the fans They ran. Home f- they ran because f- they do not ever have alley-oop dunks no they they ran oops they had what three oops in the game they ran fast breaks like effectively uh minnesota clearly wanted to run a little bit too at times so there was some some fast transition play early on in that game yeah it was fun it was a fun game to watch uh you know it's 123 to 114 it's uh it's a lot of points enjoyable for the for the fans at home uh and enjoyable for me though sports writer in the building as well uh, but I, I thought that was promising uh the, i think the blazers defense is trending in the wrong direction but it's they're still ninth overall uh you know i think if they can hover around that nine ten spot on defense and their offense can get in that nine ten spot they're gonna as charles has said they're gonna be a playoff team he's already locked them in but they're gonna be a playoff team if they can if keep sort of uh the defense can kind of stabilize and the offense can continue to be as effective as it's been but, mm-hmm. but I mean, I guess the test for them is what the test has been all year is like, can they do this? Like, can they sustain this for, you know, two weeks? Can they play at this level for a month? You know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see, you know, some ups and downs, but all-star weekend's coming up. So there's a little chance to rest and uh, recuperate uh, unless you're Damian Lillard, which in case you'll be involved in the festivities. Here's a pretty interesting, I don't know if this is a stat or just like a weird trend that, uh, Joe Freeman, my colleague at the Oregonian, pointed out to me last night, after every time the Blazers have won three games, they haven't won four games all year long, but after every time they've won three games, they've followed that with a multiple-game losing streak. So it's they won three in a row, then they lost six straight at home. They won three in a row, then they lost four straight. They won three in a row, then they lost three straight. So last night was the was they were supposed to lose by the trend of the season. It was the first time that after a three-game losing streak that they haven't lost multiple – three-game winning streak, they haven't lost multiple in a row to follow it. So, you know, maybe they're maybe they're trending back and they, they have some winnable games coming up. Dallas, the Clippers, and then the Bulls. Those are they got winnable games on the schedule. It is if there's a time for the Blazers to put it together, it is right now cuz the the post All-Star break world is really brutal. Really, really brutal. Yeah, that would be that would be crucial to put a little a little cushion on some of these other uh other teams jockeying for for the latter places in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk Blazer news because there's been some news here. Uh, before we get to the All Star game, we'll probably close on that. But uh, it was reported that 
and and confirmed i can i know it happened i can i can tell you without using the the reported language uh that damian lillard he met with owner paul allen uh in at the at the arena prior to a game against the indiana pacers uh paul was there at about 3 p.m which is really early for paul uh, if you're uh if you're familiar with how that how that billionaire gets down he shows up about 40 minutes for tip-off so that day he was there this was the 18th of january they met him and dame met to discuss the sort of direction of the franchise uh and where you know sort of dame's how dame thinks the team can improve and yada 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 uh, i think it was reported as this like secret meeting that nobody knew about and and there was this weird part about dame complaining about will barton not being on the team uh, and i think that part's a little bit overblown and dame even said it himself on the record that that it's been blown out of proportion what that meeting was and i've had multiple uh you know neil olshay said that it wasn't not that out of the ordinary i've had multiple other uh blazers personnel tell me that they knew about the meeting on that same day and that it wasn't this big crazy secret thing it was just uh you know the best player talking to the owner because he wanted to talk to the owner because they're underperforming uh i i think this is a big deal but i'm curious sort of your reaction to the outside what you what's your read on it charles uh you know i think how how it was phrased initial report by i think it was espn's chris haynes uh, it did make it, I think, seem juicier than perhaps it was. Uh, that sort of thing seems normal to me. I don't know if it actually is normal, um, but a top player uh, speaking with sort of top brass, in this case the owner of the team, about the direction and sort of championship aspirations, it seems to be a very healthy healthy movement. Um, depending on how that conversation actually sort of plays out, um, of course, which we're not completely privy to, or at least I, I'm not, um, could maybe say something different about sort of the health of that conversation. But to simply have it, um, I, I don't make a big deal of it. And I would say that it's a good thing uh, that you know, maybe Dame is slightly frustrated with the direction of the team uh, and that Paul Allen is sort of willing to sort of you know, take this on and sort of consider uh, the star players, their, their big draws. Um, sort of questions and concerns. Yeah, I mean, how could he not be concerned with the direction of the team? How do you sit here at, he's, he's 27 years old, he's in year six, he looks where they are in the standings, he looks at the roster, he's not stupid, he understands how how little flexibility the Blazers have to improve, how could he not be frustrated? And I think, I think it's a big deal because Dame saying, we're not playing well, I want to talk to someone, is a big deal in and of itself. But the idea uh. that it was this secret, you know this big secretive sort of thing that nobody else knew about seems a little bit off to me. Yeah, especially if he didn't come out of that meeting having requested a trade or at least an inquiry into sort of being traded. Um, if that's the case, then you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Um, but it, it seems sort of like normal sort of conversation. And um, of course, Dan, like you said, is frustrated. I mean, I'm frustrated with the sort of direction of the team as well. And they're, they're, roster imbalance and, and contract situation and and you know paul allen doesn't want to be paying uh luxury taxes for a team that's hovering in, in sort of the the late playoff spots so you know hopefully yeah, maybe some clearer direction comes out of that meeting for for both parties uh, and the blazers can begin to think short-term sort of aspirations about how to how to make some changes to the roster 
Yeah, I, 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 I mean, who knows what they're going to be able to do in sort of, in sort of short-term trading. They're, I don't. They're limited, you know. I guess short-term also. I didn't necessarily mean this season, but right, right, this right. Summer. I this guess summer. Is what I, mean. I mean, this summer is going to be a massive summer for this team. Uh, pretty much all of their good bench players are on expiring contracts, and they have this huge looming question: What the heck do you do with Yusuf Nurkic? I mean, they, they've this summer is is the time it happens. They're not trading Damon CJ. I'll just tell you guys right now, they're not trading Damon CJ before this February eighth All Star break. Uh, if they do, quote unquote, entertain calls, it will be someone saying, "Hey, c- can we trade you this player for CJ McCollum?" And the Blazers will say, "Nope, not now." You know, so maybe they're... right, right. And there was that report about um, a Blazers having potential interest in Los Angeles Clippers DeAndre Jordan. From my understanding, they the this is how it went down. Hey, is there a way we could get DeAndre Jordan without including CJ McCollum? <laughs> <laughs> to which Clippers answer, heck no. Heck no. And then the phone hung up and that was it. But I mean, that's what you do as a GM. That's a freaking, right, that's right. like, that is, that's the job. Oh, this player is probably available in a trade. Cool. Uh, we might as yeah. well see if we can get him. But, uh, you know, sorry, but. The, the package of Yusuf Nurkic, Mo Harkless, and Ed Davis is not exactly sweet enough to get uh, DeAndre at this point. I'm not saying it might. It could be. You know, who knows? But it's like. Yeah. And for the Clippers' perspective, they're, they're, they're finally finding a little bit of form, you know. So I, I, don't, I don't think DeAndre Jordan goes anywhere just to comment on their sort of situation right now. That is this season. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's maybe they do because they because they don't want to lose him for nothing in free agency and they think he's going to walk or he's given the indication that he's going to walk. Uh, we talked about it once is that he didn't have an agent. So, uh, uh-huh. but he signed an agent now. So he's doing his thing. He's, uh, he's able to, they're able to backdoor negotiate, you know, trades and yada, yada, the, the thing that agents do, which is um, circumvent the CBA, I guess. <laughs> Wheel and deal. Yeah. Champagne uh, and campaign. So yeah, I, I don't. I I think that standing alone, the meeting between Allen and uh, Dame is Allen and and, and Lillard is significant because what it means, you know, a, a star player wanting to talk about the direction of a team that's heading in, heading in kind of nowheresville. Uh, but I don't think it's. I think the idea that it was this like secretive, don't tell Terry, don't tell Neil Olshay type of thing is uh, is off the mark. I think that's incorrect, to be quite honest. Yeah, and that that to me, to to put a final note on it, would be troublesome. You know, if it was this secret meeting in which you wouldn't want to include uh, important sort of elements of sort of the the basketball making process, which is your front office and your coach. You know, everyone everyone needs to be sort of in line with each other's thinking. I feel like for to get the most out of a, a franchise. Yeah, and let me put it like this: Paul Allen has a security team that comes through the Blazers arena before he comes in. There's these dudes wearing earpieces. They protect. They make sure that everything's safe. Uh, w- whether he needs that or not is another debate. But <laughs> but those gentlemen show up and they alert the Blazers when Paul's there. Every yeah. they knew, the gentlemen knew. Uh, w- when they knew could be up for some debate, but they knew that the day that the meeting happened, everyone in the Blazers organization knew it went down. This was not a thing that was intentionally kept secret or in any way. So uh, it is, um, you know, it's important because the dude who calls the shots met with the best player in the league, uh, but they were not hiding it from anyone. And uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't think that there's some big shakeup coming, but I, I, you know the Blazers are going to try to make a trade coming ahead of February 8th. They're going to try to do something. 
what they can uh-huh. what they can do, who knows? But they're going to try to do something. And I think one of those things they're going to try to do is get a little bit cheaper and get under the tax line for this year. So they may just do a trade where they dump. Uh, uh, the easiest person to dump is Noah Vonley. I'm not saying he's on the trade block or anything like that, but he's the easiest person they can dump Vonley and get under the luxury tax line. Bingo, bango, uh, home free, and they can become luxury taxpayers next year without being the repeater tax. So uh, that's just one idea. But, uh, you know, that's they, – they'll uh, th- there's certain to be more phone calls ahead of in the next month or so or next two and a half weeks. Uh, the other big news that has happened this week, other than a, a the word of a secret meeting, is that Damian Lillard, your good friend, Charles, Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard himself – is a three-time all-star. How excited are you? Are you ready to make that trip to LA to watch one of the best game <laughs> the best games of the year? Congrats to Dame. Um and I'm such an NBA just junky nerd, but the whole culture and kind of scene surrounding All-Star Weekend sounds dreadful to me. It's it's <laughs> I love to socialize, I love to go to bars, uh even dance clubs sometimes. Um but that whole scene does not sound like my culture exactly. <laughs> um, so, no, so unless I won some sort of contest, uh, you will not find me in Los Angeles soaking up the sun and watching some uh, skills competitions. But cheers to Dame Lillard. Will you? Uh, thoroughly, will you? Thoroughly deserving. Will you watch? Um, not the game. I know you're not going to watch the game. We've already talked about that. But will you watch like the uh, dunk contest, three point contest? Will you watch the Saturday All Star Saturday Night, as they call it? I would say almost the, the only possibility that would that I would watch it would be uh, shout out to my good friend Nick here here in DC who's a huge diehard Bucks fan and he's such a big NBA fan that he would possibly have some sort of party around that you know in uh-huh. which case in which case that would be sort of two birds with one stone sort of thing go go hang out with some friends um, and it and it being on the television uh, if that's not the case I won't watch it. Um, I will look up the highlights on, you know, the NBA subreddit or, or somewhere else online, uh, just because that presents things in a concise, digestible form. Uh, but probably not. Is, I, is I would recommend uh, if I just had to pick like one website, you could go to OregonLive.com slash Blazers, uh, which probably will have all the dunks for you in an easily digestible format. Oh, OK, uh, I'll do that then. Yeah, it's uh, it's the website home for the largest uh, news organization in the state of Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's a great it's you know it's really solid huh? uh, those, those better be some good edits then i'm looking for for quick accessible okay i'll uh i'll get, get you get your team on that mike uh well i don't have a team but i do have some <laughs> or do it yourself <laughs> yeah it might be me who does it but i have some colleagues and they're pretty good at using they're pretty good at making internet web pages uh, do it. so we'll see we'll see how well i just i just i'll just throw that out there i recommend it organlive.com slash blazers um but the other, I guess the other sort of news surrounding Dame making the All-Star team is that Russell Westbrook came out that same day and said, uh, kind of a pointed shot at Dame and said that we've got people making the All-Star team that have whined about it for two years until they finally made it. Um, what do you, what do you make of old RB, of old RB coming at your boy? <laughs> oh gosh. You know, Russell Westbrook, he's, he's just kind of an ornery fellow. You know, he, he's a bit of a curmudgeon. Um, I don't make much of it at all. I guess he's got to sort of defend his teammate. I don't know why he has to take a little shot at Dame and able to do that. But 
Um, but he's always got a kind of a scowl on his face. It seems like about something or other. Uh, so that's pretty typical Westbrook stuff to me. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Uh, that I mean, obviously he was standing up for Paul George, basically, and he was saying the Warriors don't deserve four players, and Damian Lillard has whined about it, yada yada yada. But um, I I don't know. It's just it it just seems like the pointed shot at specific players without calling them by name is unnecessary than just saying it's ridiculous and Paul and you know my teammate deserves to be on an all-star team and I thought Dame handled it really well he handled the response pretty well he said and I'll just read this uh he he spoke to the media last night prior to the Blazers game against the uh, Timberwolves and he said I respect Russ a lot so it's kind of disappointing to see him say that because he's played against me he's played against our team he knows what I've accomplished not just this year but over my career so it's a little disappointing but I know that I earned my spot this year that's pretty much what it is I earned my spot yeah, I mean, good, good response. And Dame's a pro like that, and, and, and Westbrook always isn't a pro when he's sort of dealing with the media, if he ever is, um, in his sort of media relations. Uh, so I more of the same, I guess. And, you know, both players are deserving of all-star bids. You know, Paul George has had a good season, and he's, in a way, sort of taken sort of, you know, third spot on the banana boat, so to speak. Um, at least in terms of his role with the team. And, and he's been really good and, and, a, and a better fit uh, in Oklahoma than, than Mello, I think. Oh, yeah. I um, mean, pa- Paul George probably deserves to be an all-star. Um, but it would – it doesn't – I think it does a disservice to the league if OKC gets two all-star spots for being, you know, a, a game ahead of the Blazers and, and a guy averaging 25-6 and 4 doesn't get in. Like, you, there is a balance. There, there is some sort of, like – representative from each team type of balance that the league league needs and uh if there wasn't such a hilarious imbalance then you know paul george if you remained in the east would probably be an all-star yeah and you know why isn't westbrook taking a shot at at boogie cousins or anthony davis who whose pelicans are a half game better than the blazers and yet yeah. they were both well they're starters i guess is, is the, the answer but right uh, we're vote, voted starters but uh but still sort of on the all-star team and in a kind of a similar situation and and or, or go harder at the four selections from the Warriors, who are, are a great team, but I don't know, do they really deserve four yeah. star spots? That, that's, that seems excessive to me. You They're could a make a compelling team. You but... could make a compelling case that Clay Thompson doesn't deserve to be on it, and oh. Paul George does. Yeah, I mean, Clay's a great player. He's shooting the ball, he continues to shoot the ball at an insane clip. Yeah, I mean he's he's just incredible. But you and know, I, and I have no doubt if he was on another team that he would put up you know close to thirty or something. He's a great player, but yeah, yeah he's part of a great great system. I don't know. Does Jordan Bell deserve a vote? You know, like he's he's a big part of their team too and playing well. You know, should he be on all all rookie team? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Clay and Paul George have really comparable numbers, and if you're talking about making it even, like I just said, and getting people, representatives from a variety of teams, then that's, that's for me, that's the guy. And I guess you could make a case that Draymond averaging 12, 7, and 7 doesn't deserve to be on there either. But I, I to me, he's an all-star. Uh, I, I just also think, you know, this is how it works. With 12 players, somebody gets uh, left out. The last two years it was Dame and... Uh, I guess he whined about it personally, and this year Paul George had a surrogate whine about it for him. So congratulations. Yeah, you know each one, each person is sort of campaigning in their own way. Yeah. Um, so it, 
it's be- be- kinda, better luck next year, Paul, in Los Angeles. Agreed. You know, they uh, you're going to be a great Clipper. Um, <laughs> you, know, you and LeBron James. I always wanted to be a Clipper. You and I LeBron dreamed of the purple and gold. I mean, I mean, white and red. White and red. Yeah, red, red, white, and blue. I'm a proud American, proud Clipper. Him and LeBron are going to look great on the Clippers, though. Cannot wait. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, or maybe they'll both end, join the Rockets and the real spirit of the NBA. Uh, we'll get, we'll get the you know the te- eight of the ten best players will play on two teams in the NBA, and we'll just they'll just yeah. I mean, why didn't you know the Rockets are having a crazy good year? Why didn't they get two All Stars? You know, I mean, obviously Chris Paul missed a handful of games. Yeah, he missed but... seventeen games. I think he's a lock if he plays t- if he only misses ten games. You know, he's yeah, been I mean, really, really, really good. Yeah, even Clint Capella's having a heck of a year. You know, so I don't know. They, they, they Rockets got thirty four wins. They're incredible. I mean, they're and and. And Paul, when he's played, has been phenomenal. It's just there's a certain number of games you miss. And I, I, I may be wrong about this. But I think Paul George played every game this year. So uh, there's yeah, almost surely. He's, that's, he's, he's pretty durable besides that, that ex- tragic and terrible leg break. Yeah, except for the freak accident. He's been really, really good. Um, well, Charles, should we get out of here? We've talked all-star games. We've talked uh, secret meetings. We've talked the Blazers' recent play. Uh, they've got some winnable games coming up, and they've got a weird situation where they play one game in Dallas, fly home, and then one game in, in uh, Los Angeles, which is technically a two-game trip, except the Blazers will be coming back to Portland in between the games. Uh, hmm. Nice to sleep in your own bed. It is. It's not, And practice in your own facility. Um, so <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll, we'll probably do a podcast somewhere uh probably not after that but the probably after the bulls game and the blazers in that bulls game debuting their new plaid jerseys charles get excited oh that's sort of marginally entertaining yeah i guess if you're into it um well indeed uh charles i appreciate your time if you're trying to find charles on the internet he is at mc Arles on twitter and across multiple platforms just look him up if you're looking for me i'm at mike g rich on twitter if you're looking for us we are on everywhere you listen to iTunes, or sorry, everywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes. We are on SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher. Search us on your podcatcher app. You'll find us, my friend Chuck. And if you are so kind and you like listening to the podcast, get on uh, get on iTunes and uh, leave us a five-star review. Give us a subscription, you know, help, or just tell a friend. Say, hey, this is a pretty good Blazer podcast from... Uh, that one guy who writes for the Oregonian and his weird friend. You can describe it more specifically than that, but those are, <laughs> those are general ways that I'll, that are, uh, allow you to do it. And, um, mm-hmm. my friend Chuck undefeated always and forever. Charles, I will talk to you soon, brother. Adios.